Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to make realistic improvements in their lives and reach their goals, however big or small. We are building a community of men and women who love to push themselves to overcome obstacles and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. This is my first official podcast. I'm so happy you are here and hope you can feel connected to the people I'm going to interview and motivated by their stories. Today, I'd like to give an introduction to what this podcast is all about and a little into my own personal stories. That is how the podcast, my blog, and recent ventures have come about because of the lessons I've had to learn. The title should give you a little hint about progress. For me, that means that life is about progress, not perfection. And this is something I had to learn the hard way. For most of my life, I was a hardcore perfectionist. I started as a child with my incessant need to do everything and do it perfectly. This ranged from my ambitions in dance, flute, academics, and other extracurricular activities. But this inner voice of mind also ruled my spiritual life, my outward relationships with others, and how I ate and exercised. I strove to be perfect because that's what I wanted to appear to be, but I also wanted to be perfectly kind and good and generous, all the outward and inward things. I wanted it all to be perfect. 
I remember in seventh grade hearing about personality types in health class, type A and type B. I specifically told myself, you are going to be a type A. And for a long time, I thought I had faked it because I made myself choose that personality. Like maybe I wasn't really type A enough because I chose to be that. But recently I thought about that and decided how much more type A can you get than to choose what personality you were going to take on? So that's kind of who I've been for a long time, for um, almost 10 years, maybe from later elementary school up until until my senior year in high school. I did a fairly good job of being at the top of my game in almost everything I pursued. Um, but when I went to my large college, I suddenly found that I wasn't good enough to be in a lot of programs that my passions are in. This included ballet and flute and musical productions. So instead of just working harder at any of them, I simply quit. But the truth is that my whole life up to that point involved me expressing myself and being creative. It was a big part of my soul, and I simply cut it out. For example, I'm terrified of dancing now, even at weddings only lately have I been trying to bring back some creativity in my life in general, and it's been really healing. Um, but back to entering college. After dropping my major ambitions and outlets for me, I instead decided to be the most ambitious student at my university. I studied my guts out, and I took as many classes as I could each semester on top of working, being a TA and a research assistant and a mentor to freshman students. I also went two full years without taking off a single semester or term. And you know what? I was actually succeeding. I almost had a 4-0, except for my darn, darn Book of Mormon class. <laughs> and I learned that I, I thrive in the classroom. I was feeling really successful in that regard. But I also felt crazy. My life was very out of balance. On top of academics, I was also type A with my eating and my exercise on top of everything else, appearance oriented. I, I lived to look perfect on the outside and that most definitely involved me being as thin as possible. I had already had 10 plus years of disordered eating and a very disturbed, hateful view of my body. But when some bad breakups in college made me whittle down to nothing, my type A personality took all my pursuits up another notch, and I started to break down big time. My controlled eating and exercising quickly went up another notch too, and it took over my entire life. It went to a full-blown obsession, debilitating disease. It was a mental illness through and through. I was a shell of a human being. I either felt way too much or far too little. My thoughts were absolutely out of my control. They were constantly racing as I compared myself to others or beat myself up, obsessed over every morsel I ate and wanted how much I exercised. And of course, my behaviors were full blown out of control as well. I was either eating as little as possible or binging. I would purge through exercise and fasting and then start the cycle all over again. I had, I had too many ingrained behaviors and thought patterns to stop the behavior, and they quickly took over, and they made my life hell. I was so depressed and anxious. I'd have to go to a bathroom stall to breathe smack dab in the middle of studying, and it, 
it grew and grew until I honestly was suicidal. I, I almost threw myself in front of so many cars while waiting at the crosswalk. I exercised for hours and, and timed it so my roommates wouldn't figure it out. And I fasted in quotation marks days in a row, like a spiritual fast, maybe one meal a day, just out of desperation. And I always tried to throw, make myself throw up, but I never could. It's just not something I physiologically can do, even when I'm really sick with morning sickness with my three kids. But some of my lowest moments during this time involved even worse than that. Um, as much self-harm as I could inflict upon myself without cutting. I just, I hated myself. I hated what was happening to me. I hated how my life was completely out of my control. But on the outside, nobody knew. I was a brilliant actress at hiding this. My roommates never knew. My best friends, my parents, my family. It looked like I had my life together. But on the inside... I was about as crazy, depressed, anxious as you can get. And I can't emphasize the amount of shame that this eating disorder had on me. Um, part of it was because I wasn't a full blown, like looking anorexic. I felt ashamed that I wasn't skinny enough to have an um, quote unquote eating disorder, but I did. Um, at one point, I'm so grateful that I had the, the, um, thought that I didn't want to be like this. So BYU offered some free therapy, which I knew because I was a mentor for freshman students and would buy some to go get some. And and one day I just decided to go and take the test, like an intake test. And I quickly realized in taking that test that I was messed up, scary, depressed, um, and 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 beyond, obviously, a lot of other issues. So I, I took I started some therapy. Um it was a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster, but about a year into that recovery, I got married. My husband Brad, and he's an incredible, an amazing man. He definitely never has tried to fix me, and a lot of this whole thing I still did on my own. He wasn't really involved in that process, only because he couldn't be. Like, just it's a private battle. I, I couldn't win it with him winning it for me. If that makes sense. So it's been ten years since I started this whole journey. And I still struggle with a lot of hardwired ways of viewing myself as well as food and exercise, but I'm so much better than I was. Those thoughts still come in a lot on my day-to-day life, but I am so much better at pushing them aside, controlling them, talking back to them. However, part of this 10-year roller coaster, one of the hardest things that has lingered has been my inward drive to still be very hard on myself. And so because of that, I've still had resulting bouts of depression, anxiety, and my perfectionism. I struggle with still wanting to be a perfectionist in so many ways. But instead of working on things just like I did before, my perfectionist ways led me to quit things before I even started them. Because I was worried about failure or my bad habits creeping up again as a result of the stress of trying to be ambitious about certain things in my life. So as a result, many ways I became apathetic about my own life and dreams because I automatically told myself I couldn't achieve things. I'd already cut out huge chunks of my identity and leaving behind dance and music. I'd also chose to become a teacher instead of pursue a career in academia. And for many valid, important reasons, including my desire to have children within the near future and be home with them. Um, but because I had adopted this new mentality of a quote unquote normal person, I struggled to push myself to, 
to reach for other dreams that pop into my mind, such as writing and learning how to make art, getting a blog and your design. These are things that I have grown to love doing, but I still want to allow myself mental space to push myself within them to kind of make something of them. So this frozen mentality increased once we started having kids five years ago, and I just felt paralyzed in, in my heart and in, in what my soul was needing. I just didn't know how to balance my own ambitions with being a mom to one, then two, three little ones. And I also put needless excuses on myself to never even start. So as a result, I have um, battled feeling stupid and stalled. No matter how grateful I was to be home and loving on those little ones, um, I wasn't allowing myself to flourish in a way that my heart was needing to. But then I turned 29, and I realized that every day of the prior eight years, I had thought about what things I wanted to pursue and had talked myself out of them. I was tired of that. So I made a list of things I wanted to do before I turned 30. And one of those things was to start a blog. And this blog, I wanted it to be a real blog. I I mean, I love blogs, but I wanted it to be a blog with a heart. I wanted to write about things that were important to me. I wanted to write about interior design and cooking, like everything I love to do, even though I do all mediocre. So part of starting that blog entailed um, me also starting an Instagram account. And there's been a lot of work and a learning curve lot of putting myself out there in ways I am not comfortable with, but have needed to do. And I've wrote a lot about personal things that were, were news to a lot of people close to me, including some family, which was hard, but it has pushed me in ways that my doubt has, has gone farther away. I'm getting back to some, my, some of my old roots of who I like about the persistence, ambition, but without perfectionist angle to it. So the blog has been great, but I kind of stalled with that too. This past summer, I, the blog was beginning to feel too me-centric or just a little fake. I thought a lot, a lot. I thought, should I quit this? That not serving its purpose. Um, and I decided, you know, I wanted to build a community of like-minded people searching for goodness and pushing themselves to improve their lives. I want, did not want to build a fan base. I wanted a community. So that's where the idea for this podcast began. Um, backing up a little, I have actually been a longstanding fan of podcasts. I mainly listen to Fresh Air with Terry Gross and This American Life with Iyer Glass. Two classic, right? They're awesome. Um, I love talking with people, being the extroverted introvert that I am. And I've always loved being with friends with all sorts of personalities and learning more about them. I've been friends with all types of people, and I love that. Um, when I was in junior high, I was actually voted most likely to be a talk show host. And even before then, I loved playing make-believe as a, you guessed it, talk show host interviewing my guests. And I've always been obsessed with Oprah, and I almost journalism, yada, yada, yada. So about six months ago, I had this thought to start a podcast. But I brushed it aside, coming up. But my mind was telling me, it can't be Terry Gross or Ira Glass. It's impossible. I had no idea that a lot of um, amateur podcasters were out there interviewing with their own equipment and doing their own thing, uh, almost as a hobby. 
So I discovered some of them within the past six months and some even sooner than that. I mean, just more recently than that, like the Extraordinary Moms podcast and then design ones like Young House Love and Chris Loves Julia. Also recently discovered Life Beats Project, um, which I found has a similar tone to what I'm looking for on this podcast. And these people kind of show me, you know what? You don't have to be an NPR journalist to do this. You can do it. And you don't have to have many listeners because you're used to not really having many listeners or readers. This is about what you want to create. And that's a community. Um, so on a recent long road trip in September, I found myself buying some cheap equipment from Amazon and brainstorming what my podcast would be about, who I would interview and researching how on earth to even start a podcast. And here we are. So it's been another huge learning curve, but here's what I want to accomplish. I want to interview ordinary men and women who love to work on themselves, do scary things and pursue progress in their lives. But I also want these people to be learning the balance of pushing themselves and accepting themselves in that same moment. I want to create a place where listeners who are a little paralyzed like me come and hear from people who get it, who have been there, and who have overcome huge setbacks, even if those are internal setbacks, mental illness, and yet they've been brave and they push past those barriers, and they, and they are fulfilling the purpose of their existence. I want us to learn from professionals, from parents, to athletes and creative types. I want us to see what these people have failed as well, or they've had to alter their goals, and that they've had struggles to overcome. And I want us to be motivated to push past our own paralyzing thoughts and allow ourselves to not only dream again, but to start and actually pursuing those dreams one balanced step at a time. So long story long, that's the purpose behind this podcast and history behind me and, and, and why I want to accomplish this pursuit. And I want you to know that I'm so glad you're listening and I'd love to hear from you. Perhaps you have a unique story that you'd like to share, even if that included how you've had to alter your goals entirely or the failures you faced or the things that you've done to challenge yourself, whether big or small, or perhaps you know of someone who you think should be interviewed on the podcast. So if you do, please email me all about that at packerprogress at gmail.com. And I'd also love to hear what you're doing when you're listening to this podcast. And if you're me, that's like cleaning your home or going on a walk. So if you can tag me on your social media with hashtag about progress podcast, I'd love to see what you're doing while you're listening. And I'd also love to hear what you're doing on your own outside the podcast, to challenge yourself and work on yourself, but also see value in who you are as a work in progress. Finally, if you enjoy this po- podcast, please subscribe, leave a review. That way iTunes picks up on it faster and they start to show people who are um, listening to like-minded things. Hey, you should listen to this podcast too. And pass it on to your friends and family. Because what I want, again, I want to grow this community of people. A community of people that I needed to find 10 years ago. And together, I want us to find a balance of ambition and self-acceptance. So there you go. Take care of yourself. And I hope to hear from you more in the future.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.